You're listening to the Assembly Call IU podcast and postgame show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. If you want to get more out of being an IU basketball fan, then make sure you're subscribed to our email newsletter. Go to assemblycall.com slash join today and sign up for free. That's assemblycall.com slash join. This episode of The Assembly Call is brought to you by Crane Credit Union. Get a $150 deposit into your new Crane Credit Union checking account when you get e-statements, have direct deposit, and use your debit card. Plus, there's no monthly service charges and no minimum balance to open your account. Stop into any of Crane Credit Union's 14 locations or visit their website at cranecu.org for more information. That's cranecu.org. Crane Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. And now, get ready for another brand new edition of the Assembly Call. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another episode of the Assembly Call. How you doing? Uh, this is Jared Morris. I'll be hosting you on this uh, this impromptu episode of the Assembly Call. So I decided that I want to try something a little bit different. I've been writing these blog posts in the mornings over at assemblycall.com. They're called Three Point Shot. And every morning I try to just go through three different points. I started it during the coaching search, uh, and I'd like to continue it as we move forward. I don't know that I will do it every day, uh, but I'm going to try and do it uh, most weekdays, You know, maybe two, three, four times a week, something like that. I think Andy might uh, hop in and do it with me too. Uh, but just another way to get some content out there, organize some thoughts about IU basketball as we move forward in this exciting new era with Archie Miller. But I also realized that our audience has always been based on the podcast that we do and the videos that we do here on YouTube. And so a lot of you uh, maybe don't know that we're posting this content on the blog. And I thought doing it this way, uh, talking about it on a podcast, even reading some portions of the article would be a good way to get that content out there uh, for those of you who prefer consuming content in that way. And so that's what I'm going to try and do. I would love to get your feedback on this episode if you like this. Uh, certainly, those of you who have my email address, uh, send me an email or it's jared at assemblycall.com. You can send me an email and let me know if you like it. Uh, or just let me know on Twitter, at assemblycall. Give it a thumbs up, a thumbs down uh, if you think this is good, a worthwhile addition to our podcast feed uh, or not. And I'll definitely take that. Uh, feedback under advisement uh, when I decide if I'm going to do more of this. But uh, I want to talk about the article that I wrote this morning. Obviously, you know, a really important day uh, for Indiana basketball today as Archie Miller uh, had his press conference. He was announced as Indiana's new basketball coach. I thought he did a great job at the press conference, said all the things that you need to say, had a self-assuredness about him, a calm confidence about him that I think really reassured IU fans and really, you know, for as much as you can do at a press conference, made you feel good that the right guy was chosen. Now, all that matters, obviously, is winning games and what happens on the court and what happens uh, with the team moving forward. But I think it would be hard to feel better about the choice at this point. And really, that's about all that you can ask for. So a lot to like so far with what we've seen from Archie Miller. And, you know, I didn't do as much digging in on him during the coaching search as I did on some other guys. And so I've been spending some time over the past few days since Saturday, really digging in a little bit more and digging into the numbers. And I uncovered three particular points this morning 
that I thought were really, really illuminating because I think, you know, just looking at the basic Ken Palm metrics, there's some pretty obvious ways I think that we can expect Archie Miller's Indiana Hoosiers to be different from Tom Crean's Hoosiers. And, you know, again, whenever you're looking at metrics from a previous coach's, uh, you know, last gig, you know, Archie Miller was at Dayton and you're trying to project them forward, you're obviously doing it with the assumption that those trends will continue. Those, you know, uh, footprints of his teams will continue on with the new team. I mean, coaches coach a certain style, they coach a certain way, they emphasize certain things, and that may change on a year-to-year basis based on players. But typically, you know, coaches kind of have a certain profile. And so as we look at what the profile was of Archie Miller's Dayton teams and project that forward to Indiana – it certainly seems, again, if those trends continue, that there are going to be some pretty stark differences. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that Indiana is going to be more consistent defensively under Archie Miller. Uh, they couldn't have gotten really more inconsistent defensively under Tom Crean, but that really seems to be something Archie Miller is going to focus on. And he talked about today that, you know, Indiana better be a team. The players better be ready to play tough on defense, which was music to the ears of many IU fans. Uh, on the flip side, Indiana's probably likely to be less explosive offensively than they were under Tom Crean's offense. But on the other hand, Indiana probably going to turn the ball over less because Archie Miller's teams did not have the propensity to turn it over as much as Tom Crean's teams did. Uh, you can also expect the rebounding to kind of flip. Dayton is a team under Archie Miller that really emphasized defensive rebounding to the point that, you know, a few years they were one of the best defensive rebounding teams in the country. Indiana under Tom Crean, typically better on the offensive glass than on the defensive glass. Uh, Dayton, also a team that got to the free throw line much more consistently than Indiana. So that figures to change. Uh, But Indiana, again, on the flip side, likely to be a little less efficient with their field goal attempts. That was a hallmark of Tom Crean teams at Indiana. Very, very efficient uh, uh, from a shooting perspective. Their, Their effective field goal percentage, always very good. So you know, you can just look at the basic, you know, just take a snapshot of the team profiles at KenPalm.com and you can come up with those. But what I really wanted to do was dig into a little bit more and analyze a few specific problem areas for Indiana that have really plagued the Hoosiers over the last few years. You'll recognize them immediately because they have been themes on the assembly call uh, postgame shows that we do and see, okay, so that's been a theme for Indiana in kind of a negative way. What did Archie do at Dayton? You know, is there anything that we can point to to say, okay, you know, he's been much better than this. He's shown the ability uh, to lead his teams in these specific ways to better results, or does it look like it'll be more of the same? And so those are the three points that I want to go through here, Uh, kind of three recurring IU weaknesses. uh, And, you know, I suppose the title of this video, the title of this episode gives it away a little bit, you know, three weaknesses that I think the data shows that Archie Miller should, if the trends continue from Dayton, be able to help reverse at Indiana, which, you know, in addition to everything else that we've seen and heard over the last few days is another reason to be excited about the hire. So let's dive into those. And again, you can see this article if you go to assemblycall.com slash three point shots, and that's all kind of one word, three, the the number three point shots, all of the three point shot articles that I've been writing uh, are there. So this is the one from uh, March 27th, 2017. So you can find it there. Or if you're listening to this, uh, you know, a few days later, and it's, you know, uh, buried on the archive page or whatever, uh, you can just search for the headline major IU weaknesses that should improve with Archie Miller, and you'll find it or go to the show notes for this podcast episode and you'll find it there as well. Okay, so the first one is that it seems that Indiana under Archie Miller should be better in February and March. We know how poor Indiana was 
in February and March. And in fact, let's start with those numbers first. All right. So here are Indiana's records in February and March from 2012 to 2017. In 2012, Indiana was 10 and 4. Pretty good. In 2013, Indiana was 10 and 5. Pretty good. They won the outright Big Ten title that year. In 2014, Indiana was 4 and 7. In 2015, Indiana was 4 and 8. In 2016, Indiana was 9 and 4. Pretty good. Won the outright Big Ten title. In 2017, Indiana was 4 and 8. So over those six seasons, Indiana in February and March, 41 and 36 for a total uh, or for a winning percentage of 53.2%. And I should say, to try to make the comparison as fair as possible and to account for the fact that it can take a new coach a few years to kind of get his system in place, get his recruits in place. The analysis that I'm doing uh, here that I'm going to talk about looks at the final four years of Archie Miller's time at Dayton, so it ignores the first two years. And for Indiana, it looks at the final six years for Tom Crean's tenure and ignores the first three years. I think that's really the most fair way to do it and gives the most accurate reflection of what those particular coaches' programs will look like when they have their you know full kind of fingerprint on there. So getting back to this, Indiana from 2012 to 2017, 41 and 36 in the months of February and March, a winning percentage of 53.2%, which, you know, okay, that's over 50%. Like that's okay, but you can see the swings, right? So Indiana only had a winning record three times during that six-year span, uh, two of those times, they obviously parlayed it into a Big Ten title and a Sweet 16 run, which is very good. But those other seasons, 2014, 2015, and this past season of 2017, Indiana wasn't even close to 500, and that's not good. And the bottoming out of those seasons after really solid starts is a major reason why, to those of us who watched, it really felt like such a slog to get through. Because when the game seemingly meant the most, Indiana was playing its worst basketball of the season, and there wasn't really any middle ground. So, again, in total, Indiana was 53.2% in its February and March games. But it's kind of an important question to ask, all right, well, how did that compare to how they were, you know, kind of the rest of the time? Well, uh, Indiana obviously had a better winning percentage the rest of the time. Uh, and, you know, that percentage, that winning percentage number is especially not good when you consider that that 53.2% winning percentage is actually less than Tom Crean's overall winning percentage at Indiana when you include his first three seasons. And those first three seasons, Indiana went 28 and 66, 55.1% overall. So that's a long way of me telling you something you already knew that Indiana was not very good in February and March over the last six seasons. Now, let's contrast that with how Dayton was under Archie Miller. So Dayton overall went 102-36 and 36 during Archie Miller's four years, final four years at the helm. It's a winning percentage of 73.9%. Obviously, very, very good to win almost 75% of your games. When the pressure ratcheted up in February and March, and the games kind of took on added significance, Archie's teams found roughly the same success. They didn't dip like Tom Crean's teams did uh, in February and March. So here are Dayton's records during those final two months. In 2014, 13 and 3. This includes tournament action, by the way. 2014, 13 and 3. That's the team for Archie that made the Elite Eight. 2015, 11 and 5. 2016, 7 and 5. 2017, 8 and 3. So you add up those four years, that's a record of 39 and 16, a winning percentage of 70.9%. Again, you contrast that with Indiana's of 53.2%. The difference is stark. So the other thing that you notice is that Dayton had a winning record every season during that time span. 
right? Their worst record was seven and five in 2016, still two games over 500. And they won nearly the same percentage of games as they did overall, 70.9% to 73.9%. So they were almost the same team, right? And it's important to remember that overall records are typically propped up by a handful of gimme games during the non-conference schedule. Indiana's certainly was, and Dayton, even though they scheduled better in the non-conference, they still had, obviously, a few gimme games themselves. So that the pre-February, March winning percentage propped up a little bit. So it's really impressive that they were basically the same team in February and March than they were that they were the rest of the season. So again, I think just when you look at the numbers, based on what Archie Miller did at Dayton, it appears that he has a better grasp, perhaps than Tom Crean did, of how to get your team playing consistently throughout the year and not fading in February and March, especially when, you know, when things went bad. Because when they struggled a little bit in 2016, you know, they went seven and five. That 2014 team started out kind of rough, but they finished really strong. So that is very encouraging to see. And we will get to point number two here in just a second. Uh, I do, real quick, want to let you know about our sponsor for this episode, our other sponsor for this episode, SeatGeek. Uh, As you know, buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time. It's always been hard to find the best deal for that game or show that you want to go to. And none of those older ticket sites seem to want to change that. But SeatGeek is different. They've come along and created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets, like those tickets to February and March IU games next year when we can expect a better performance based on what Archie Miller did at Dayton, right? Uh, So SeatGeek, always the first place I go to look for tickets to a game or concert because everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for sports and music fans. They do all the price comparison for you by searching multiple ticket sites and ensuring that you get the best possible deal. They do the work, you save the time and money, and best of all, Assembly Call listeners get a $20 rebate off of your first SeatGeek purchase. The way that works is this. To get your $20 rebate, download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Go to the settings tab and click add a promo code and enter the promo code ASSEMBLY, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y, and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code ASSEMBLY today. All right, so point number one, uh, the data suggests that Indiana should be better in February and March under Archie Miller than they were the last six years. Obviously a positive sign. Point number two is that Indiana fans, based on what Archie Miller did at Dayton, can expect the Hoosiers under Archie Miller to more reliably play at or above expectations. And the the data that I used to come to this conclusion, uh, or hypothesis, I suppose, uh, is the Ken Palm luck rating. And it's really an interesting rating, and I think its name does it a disservice, uh, calling it luck. Um, Because what the luck rating at Ken Palm measures is the deviation of winning percentage between a team's actual record and their expected record. So every team kind of has an expected record that they're going to do based on the Ken Palm model. You have that expected record, and then you have what you actually do. And so the luck rating measures kind of that difference between the two. And I could spend an entire podcast episode talking about the luck rating, what its flaws are, uh, you know, because there may be one of the things that the luck rating probably shows is perhaps a blind spot in the data, right? Because if teams are performing different than the expectation, maybe there's something important that the model isn't taking into account. Um, you know, so we could go on and on about that um, and why the luck rating in any specific individual season or any kind of snapshot that you look at should be taken with a grain of salt. But for the purposes of this discussion, let's keep things simple because one thing that we can say about the luck rating, if you give it a, a broad enough sample size, is that if a team or coach has a consistently strong luck rating season over season, 
then it's pretty safe to assume that they consistently have their team beating expectations. Conversely, if a team or a coach's luck rating is consistently negative, below expectations, then they consistently have their team performing below expectations. So if you put any stock into the Ken Palm model, and I think you should, then give the luck rating a big enough sample size and it can reveal some pretty important things. So here's an example. Everybody loves Brad Stevens, right? The gold standard by which all Indiana fans measure coaches, uh, even though he's never coached at Indiana. Well, here are Butler's national luck rankings for each season that Brad Stevens was the coach. All right. In 2008, it was plus 0.003. Remember, it is, this is measuring uh, the deviation of winning percentage between a team's actual record and their expected record. So it's plus 0.003. That's 161st in the country. That's roughly in the middle. In 2009, Butler was minus 0.014. That was 205th in the country. So they actually had a negative uh, uh, performance against expectation. 205th is actually you know less than half. Now look at what happens. 2010 plus 0.033. That's 90th in the country. 2011 plus 0.034. That's 92nd in the country. 2012 plus 0.021. That's 119th in the country. Still above average. 2013 plus 0.088. 13th in the country. So the final four years that Brad Stevens was at Butler, his teams all performed fairly well above expectations. And you can kind of see the trend that they were continuing to get better. And that last season, they were one of the best teams in the country at performing above expectations. And that makes sense. I mean, Stevens is a great coach, so it's not surprising that Butler would outperform expectations in five of his six seasons at the helm. That's what you hope a coach does, you know, take the talent and make the whole greater than the sum of the parts. Um, so again, when you see a coach consistently outperforming or underperforming expectations, it's fair to assume that it's probably less about luck, even though that's what the name of the metric is, and more about that coach's ability to win close games, to occasionally beat really good teams, or to not take bad losses, because those can really kill your luck rating. So with that kind of to set the context, let's look at the luck ratings for Archie Miller at Dayton and then for Indiana over the past six seasons. So here are the luck ratings for data. In 2014, plus 0.038. That was 93rd in the country. In 2015, plus 0.022. That was 131st in the country. 2016, plus 0.082. That was 27th in the country. Very good. And in 2017, this past season, minus 0.021. That was 235th. So obviously not good. And that number seems a little bit like an outlier. You had three seasons that were positive. One outstanding uh, in 2016. And that 2017 number, not that great. But now let's look at Indiana's luck ratings over the last six seasons. In 2012, Indiana's rating was plus 0.007. That's 153rd, so above average, pretty good. In 2013, Indiana's luck rating was minus 0.021. That's 238th, well below average, not good. 2014, minus 0.069, 325th. I believe there are 351 teams in Division I basketball, so that's definitely not good. 2015, minus 0.043. That's 282nd in the country. Not good. 2016, plus 0.000. So they were right there in the middle, 173rd in the country. And this past season, 2017, minus 0.090, 341st in the country. So basically, Indiana's luck rating, their ability to perform at or above expectations was as bad as their turnover rate. And we know how bad that was. So 
as you can see from these numbers, you know, Dayton outperformed the luck rating, the, the Ken Palm expectations three of the last four years. And obviously all, all of us as Indiana fans are hoping that the dip in 2017 is more of an anomaly uh, for a young coach in, in Archie Miller rather than an ominous sign of future decline. But, you know, time will tell. But still, even as bad as Dayton's minus .021 luck rating in 2017 was, and it looks even worse in comparison to the other ones, and, you know, compared to the the bar that Steven set at Butler, if we're looking at that, you know, as kind of a standard to live up to, that 2017 luck rating of minus .021 would actually be the third best luck rating at Indiana over the past six seasons. So that just goes to show you how bad Indiana has been at performing near expectations. Uh, because Indiana has been a program that has consistently performed worse than expected, sometimes much worse, especially if you consider 2014 and 2017. So the bottom line here is that if these trends are any indication, Indiana should more reliably play at or above Ken Palm expectations than what we've seen over the last six seasons, which should mean more good wins because that's how you play above that luck rating. You play above expectations by beating teams maybe you shouldn't, and it should mean fewer bad losses because that's the way that you perform below expectations is to lose games that you shouldn't, you know, like Indiana losing to Fort Wayne or Indiana losing at home to Nebraska. Those are major drains on your luck rating. So in review, you know, point number one is that Indiana, based on what Archie Miller did at Dayton, we should expect them to play better in February and March. Uh, and number two, if Archie Miller's ability to get Indiana to play above expectations like he did at Dayton holds true, then Indiana should more reliably play at or above expectations, which would also be uh, a very welcome sight for Hoosier fans everywhere. Now let's talk about point number three, the third recurring IU weakness that the data suggests that Archie Miller can help reverse. And that is that Indiana should be a better road team under Archie Miller. And again, you know, going back to point number two, one big way that a team can outperform expectations is by winning difficult road games. Because even good teams are often expected to lose difficult road games or, or maybe to win them by razor-thin margins. You don't need me to tell you how difficult getting road victories can be. So let's take a look at how Dayton has done in difficult road games over the last four seasons and then how Indiana has done and just you know, to kind of set the stage here for this analysis, I looked at road wins that are denoted on Ken Palm as being an A or B difficulty. So every game is rated with an A or a B and where you play someone matters. So for instance, you know, this year playing Indiana at Assembly Hall was still an A victory. That's still a tough victory to earn. Playing Indiana at home at your place was a B because Indiana wasn't that good and not that good on the road. And that kind of makes sense, right? So to give you an example, in 2017 for Dayton, they won at UMass, the 157th ranked team in Ken Palm. That is included because it was a B difficulty. So not a great road win, but still, you know, a tough, worthwhile road win. But the win at Duquesne, and Duquesne was ranked 222nd in the country, that's not included because even a road game at Duquesne is not considered much of an accomplishment. All right. However, any road losses are included because if you lose to a non-A or B team, that's always a bad loss. And Dayton actually took one of those in 2016. So here we go. Here is Dayton's record in A-B road games the last four years. In 2014, they were 6-4. and four. In 2015, they were 2-6. and six. In 2016, they were 4-2. and two. Uh, That's the year they lost to number 266, LaSalle. Uh, a terrible loss. But they also beat the 25th-ranked team, Vandy, which was an A road win. So, uh, so a little bit of variance there uh, for Dayton. And then in 2014, this past year, they were 4-4. Four and four. So over those four years... In A-B road games, Dayton was 16-16, and 16, a winning percentage of 50%. Um, 
you know, and at first glance, you know, winning 50% of your road games may not seem all that impressive, but really it is. I mean, remember, these are only the toughest road games that Dayton played during this time frame. Their record would look, their road record would look better if I included, you know, some of the cupcake road games. Uh, and, you know, <clears throat> look, I, I mean, Dayton enjoyed a strong home court advantage. And so when you pair that together, a strong home court advantage and winning half your road games, you get the year in year out success that Dayton had over the past four seasons. I mean, no one's just going to go out unless you're the 76 Hoosiers and win all your road games too. We all know that, you know, you try and win your home games and split on the road. It's exactly what Dayton did for the most part. And that's why they were consistent year in year out, especially over the last three years. Uh, you know, competing for Atlantic 10 titles and getting nice seeds in the NCAA tournament. So going to the Indiana side, we know how strong of a home court advantage Indiana has had in recent seasons. And here are the Hoosiers records in the same AB road games. So in 2012, Indiana was five and six. In 2013, Indiana was six and three. In 2014, Indiana was two and eight. In 2015, Indiana was two and six. In 2016, Indiana was four and four. And in 2017, Indiana was two and nine. Man, those three bad seasons stick out like sore thumbs there. So for the total, Indiana 21 and 36 in AB road games, a winning percentage of 36.8%. Not good, and obviously much worse than what Dayton than what Archie Miller did at Dayton. A couple of things to stand out here. One, Indiana obviously played a lot more tough road games each season by virtue of being in the Big Ten Conference. And that in and of itself could be an adjustment for a young coach like Archie Miller, who has only coached in the Atlantic 10, which is a good league, but nowhere near the top to bottom strength of the Big Ten. So he's got to really be ready for that night in, night out gauntlet on the road in the Big Ten, which we know it is. Second, Indiana's inconsistency in road victories mirrors in many ways its inconsistency in February and March. You saw that the worst seasons from a road perspective were 2014, 15, and 17. That's when Indiana was at their worst in February and March, and that shouldn't come as a surprise because a large proportion of, of the Hoosiers' tough road games come in February and March because they spend most of November and December fattening up on delicious home cooking, uh, as we know. Third, we once again see Dayton's relative consistency under Miller. You know, 2015 was obviously not good going 2-6, and six, but that team still, despite going 2-6 and six in road games, still won enough games to finish tied for second in the Atlantic 10 and make it to the round of 32 in the NCAA tournament. So even when they were at their worst over these last four years, they were still good and salvaged the season, whereas, you know, Indiana's bad seasons when they struggled in February and March and losing road games – they almost completely bottomed out, you know, didn't make the tournament and everything just went terrible. So the bottom line on this one is that Archie Miller, as I said, is going to need to prepare himself for the unrelenting challenge that is playing on the road in the Big Ten. But his relative success doing so in the Atlantic Ten, to me, suggests that he'll at least oversee an improvement from Indiana's inconsistent and overall really unacceptable uh, road record during the past six seasons. So again, point number one, Indiana under Archie Miller should be better in February and March. Point number two, Indiana under Archie Miller should more reliably play at or above expectations. And point number three is that Indiana should be a better road team under Archie Miller. And this isn't just conjecture. I mean, that's what the numbers say. And all that would need to happen for this stuff to come true is for in Archie Miller's Indiana teams to play like his Dayton teams. And, you know, we've got, you know, fully a six-year sample, but really that four-year sample to look at uh, where he, you know, kind of had had a couple of years to build up his program. Uh, and the evidence is pretty strong. And so I think those are three more reasons uh, to be excited about the Archie Miller era. Um you know, and right now in the Archie Miller era, all things seem possible. Uh, and that's, you know, that's kind of what makes it uh, pretty exciting right now. And I think why, 
uh, fans should be excited that Fred Glass made the right choice because you know if you look at this, if Archie can make just modest gains in each of these areas, you know, just you know, make Indiana a little better in February and March, and, and get Indiana playing a little closer to expectations, just you know, middle of the road in terms of expectations, and you know, if you can win just forty five percent of your road games, you know, all three of those have been really major weak points for Indiana in recent seasons. So just doing those things modestly is going to make Indiana a more consistently good program. But the reason why there is such potential for improvement here is that if Archie can lead a significant turnaround in all three of these areas, then watch out. Because if he does, then he may well prove to be the guy that rouses the sleeping Indiana basketball giant and more importantly, keeps it awake. Because the Indiana basketball giant was woken up in 2012 and 2013. The problem is... It went back to sleep, you know, it, it kind of roused for a little bit again in 2016, but then fell back asleep in 2017. And that's the key is not just waking it up, but keeping it awake. And Archie Miller, at least based on his track record at Dayton, seems to be the kind of coach who can bring that kind of winning mentality and that kind of consistency to a new program. And that's what we all hope that he will do. All right. Well, thank you uh, for joining me on this new episode of the assembly caught and what we'll call it the blog posts are called three point shots um again if you like this if you like me uh you know kind of going over these blog posts in an audio format and posting the video here on youtube let me know tweet me at assembly call shoot me an email jared at assembly because if you like these i would love to spend more time doing it i don't want to do it you know if you don't like it or you'd rather just go read the blog post um so i'll certainly continue writing the blog posts because it helps me do my research and helps me to organize the thoughts in my mind and so it's really not too much extra work obviously the the time to you know sit here and record it but it's not too much extra work to record it once the harder work uh, of doing the research and organizing the thoughts are done so again let me know uh, if you like it of course check out SeatGeek our sponsor for this episode and check out Crane Credit Union as well SeatGeek is SeatGeek.com use the promo code assembly A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y and Crane Credit Union is uh, CraneCU.org I uh, hope you will support both of, the, the, uh, both of our sponsors. We certainly appreciate them supporting us. Uh, and we will have much more content coming for you uh, this week on the Assembly Call, um, including Assembly Call Radio, which should be coming your way. Uh, the live recording will be Thursday night. You can join us at assemblycall.com slash live for that. And then the podcast will be posted on Friday, as we always do. Alrighty, thank you for tuning in. And I will talk to you on the next episode of the Assembly Call. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Assembly Call. If you want to support the show, please share The Assembly Call with a friend or family member who loves IU basketball like you do. You can also visit assemblycall.com support to learn a few ways you can help, from donating to grabbing official Assembly Call gear to buying IU merchandise that you'd buy anyway but using our special affiliate links, which get us a commission. We rely on the support of audience members like you to keep the assembly call alive and growing. Once again, the URL is assemblycall.com support. Thank you, and as always, go Hoosiers. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. 
So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Sticky notes. Email alerts. A string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.